I'm Julie. And this is a Good Story is Hard to Find podcast. Where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface. Yes. And and what's the one reality here? Um, a New Leaf is the film from 1971, um, written and directed by Elaine May and starring Walter Matthau, who is someone I love very much. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I, I haven't seen May. him in this kind of a role before. For me, he's usually a very poor, very sloppy man. <laughs> you know, That's the right. odd couple and, uh, uh, what is it, Bad News Bears. Um, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Hopscotch is another, uh, a little more obscure one that we rewatched oh, in the last year. And it, it doesn't hold up quite the way it could, but it's a fun one to watch where he's kind of like that. But, um, yeah, this one, he is not playing his typical role. In fact, some people have said they thought he was miscast. Mm. Yeah. Grumpy old man is another one that I know him from oh, very yeah. well. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, miscast, I'm, I'm not sure. Do you think he didn't work in it or what, what are your... I thought he did. Um, the person I saw who said it, where they said, okay, so the super basic setup is Walter Matthau. I can't remember his last name, but his first name's Henry. Mm-hmm. And he Graham. is... Graham. Graham. How could I not remember that? Henry Graham. He is a, an extremely wealthy very privileged, I would say playboy, but he doesn't seem interested in women. Right. He's, he's interested only in himself and stuff. Right. He is so <laughs> selfish. He has no time to spare for another single human being. And mm-hmm. I think that's probably the best way to look at him. You know, it's one of these movies, if they made it these days, they give him some backstory about it, or they would say, oh, he's, he's gay. Nope. Mm-hmm. We're just dropping into the story and he doesn't care about women, but he's um, finds out he's very imprudently not listened to a single piece of advice because it didn't suit him to do so. And he's lost all his money. And so the one thing that will allow him to live the way he's wanted to is to find a woman who's very wealthy and marry her. And his idea is he really doesn't want to be bothered with a wife. So he will find somebody who's unattached to family and then murder her later. And then he can go on living the way he'd like. And that's basically the premise of the story. He meets um, Elaine May's character, who is Henrietta. (laughs) And she's about as opposite from him as you could be. You know, that's funny. Uh, This must be significant, but I only noticed it just when you just said it. Henry and Henrietta. Yes. Yeah. They are, well, we can talk yeah. about this later, but yeah, there's a reason mm-hmm. they're named that way. They're mm-hmm. mirror images in a way of opposites. And so um, she's the one he marries. And then it's it's a short movie. It's a funny, I think it's a very funny movie. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a movie of its times. There are a few things in there where people might raise their eyebrows, but it's nothing too bad, I don't think. No, no. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of faux pas or whatever. And Mm -hmm. uh, there is uh, a story of redemption, I think, at the end. Yeah, I do. I do too. Right. Okay. (laughs) And the story of finding someone who kind of fits you like a Lego or something. You know, it's like, it's like. (laughs) They're, it's a perfect fit. They're, they're not like each other, but they, I don't know, I guess in the words of Tom Cruise, they complete each other. (laughs) (laughs) Just a second. (laughs) I'll be right back. (laughs) That's funny. Um, But yeah, it's like uh, they just click together and um, it's almost a natural helping of each other without effort. You know what I mean? It's um, just by being themselves, just by being themselves, um, they influence each other. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too. Um, I think we can really go into spoilers. Yeah. Let's do so. 
Yeah, because that's about all there is to it. It's a simple movie. But um, they're opposites in every way. I mean, they're first of all, they're different kinds of incompetent. She's too mm-hmm. soft-hearted and never thinks of herself. He's hard-hearted and never thinks of <laughs> anyone but himself. Uh-huh. Um, she continually is asking him, wouldn't you like to do this? Wouldn't you like to do that? But it's because it's what she'd like him to do, but she does it in such a gentle way. It's not as if she's trying to change him. She just is like, this would be super fun. If you were teaching at the same place I was, we could have lunch together. Mm -hmm. So these aren't needy things, but of course he sees them as the ultimate clinging um, (laughs) woman because that's how he is. But on the other hand, she is so incompetent and oh man, is she incompetent socially and in every way. I mean, there's this, he gets into the habit of always checking her before she goes anywhere to brush off crumbs and to straighten her glasses and to cut tags off of her new clothes. (laughs) And there's one point where his valet, he's talking to his valet and he goes, Oh no, she's gone to teach. And I haven't, I didn't check her. And he goes, that's all right, sir. I got it. I brushed some crumbs (laughs) off and got a couple of new price tags off of her. Oh good. Okay. Now. (laughs) Oh, well done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Mm -hmm. And where they're similar is that each one is obsessed on one thing. She's obsessed on botany and he's obsessed on being rich. And they're also both really interesting opposite examples of what happens when we have no demands made on us. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, she's Mm -hmm. naturally a nice, gentle, sweet person. So She's the demands that are made on her, she doesn't even understand. So she's being swindled by her housekeeping staff and her lawyer, but she's perfectly happy that way. Yeah. Um, she just goes along in kind of this fog. And, but it means that she hasn't had to become who she could be. And mm-hmm. he, of course, is the same way, but he's the opposite. He's just horribly selfish. Yeah. Yeah. And, in order to try to learn enough about her to kill her or to run her household, because he's not going to have these people stealing the money that would be his. Come oh, you on. just make me laugh, you know, because, oh, yeah, to kill her, you know. And, th- and that's the thing about this. This is a dark comedy, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there are some light moments in it, you know. So so this, this movie had to grow on me for a minute. Um, I watched mm. it once, and I was like, wow, you know, there's some – you know, it's rated G, um, but you know the the oh, way yeah. it, the way it turns into uh, well, I'm going to actually kill this person, or and he threatens suicide, you know, it, to get her to do stuff. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, you know, to me, I'm I'm. It's hard for me to find that funny. And then, um, but once it was all done, I watched it again, and then that's when everything kind of fell into place. Um, and uh-huh. I think it might have also been uh, part an expectation on uh, who Walter Matthau is to me and who he normally plays. Um, it didn't quite fit my, um, I don't know, I'm sure, I'm just typecasting him. But um, all of the other roles that I've seen him in, this is a different one. Um, and um, But I did, I did like it, you know, especially after the second watch. I was like, okay, you know, this is all working for me now. And... Um, and and I liked how just immediately, right at the very opening scene, they established what he cared about, and it was a car, yeah. right? He was his you Ferrari, know, yeah, his Ferrari that he uh, had to constantly repair. He'd drive it, and then it would have to be repaired every single time. I mean, so you knew he was incredibly rich, and then you knew that he cared uh, deeply about this car. And also what you learn is as he's leaving, the mechanics say he, you know, they tell him how it should be driven. Yeah. And he won't do it. And he won't do it. They're like, it needs to be driven fast and long Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, all the things it was designed for. And he's driving it around New York City traffic and that's it. He won't listen to a thing they say. He's going to do it his way Mm -hmm. and then get mad at them when they can't keep it running. Right, because he doesn't have to care, right? Right. He has the money. He can just pay for it. But then suddenly he doesn't have the money anymore. And the opening is really good because it it fakes you out. You think mm-hmm. it's a surgery scene. They're all, we can't <laughs> save her. Oh, no. And you're seeing the beep, beep, beep of the <laughs> diagnostic equipment. You think it's an operation. 
And then you see him coming in and it's his car. And so there's two things. One, his existence centers around things, which we see more later when he's so worried because the, the grape juice drink gets spilled on the rug <laughs> and you know, all the, oh, taking the glass out of his knee. And he's like, but how's the rug? Are you going to fix it? And then um, they say what's wrong is there's carbon on the valves mm-hmm. because it's not being used right. Well, this is what's wrong with his heart. Ah, yes. It isn't mm-hmm. being used like it should just like the car. We see that diagnostic tool. It looks like the thing that monitors oh, your heart. That's cool. Yeah. This is his, his problem. He has carbon on the valves. <laughs> Cause he's not using it right. Yeah. yeah so he's very not good. Running it right. He's not yeah. running it. Yep. It's not getting used at all the way Excellent. it should. Yeah. Yep. And he, you can also tell he doesn't pay attention to his money at all. It's all taken for granted. He didn't make it himself. Um, so, you know, he's just not paying attention and sometime in the past 10, 15 years or something, he told his lawyer slash accountant, um, that he needed $200,000 a year to live. And, uh, even though he was only pulling in 90 and, uh, (laughs) eventually that created the crash, right? He has nothing left at the beginning of this movie. Um, yes, the lawyer's been and, selling capital, and <laughs> and I love yep. the thing where he's explaining it, and he says, "Okay, I wish there was another way to say it. You've lost all your money, you've exhausted your capital, <laughs> and therefore your income. You mm. no, no, that's it. That's the only way to it's your it's money. Mm. You've lost all your money. You have no money because he keeps going. I'm listening. Mm-hmm. Just." get this check taken care yeah. of. And he's like, no, I know, but see, let me explain again. <laughs> and then he mm. is so unlikable that mm. his lawyer who hates him says, I am going to pay the money to cover your expenses because I want to be sure I have not, uh, there's no stone that I have left unturned and you cannot come back to me for anything because mm. I never want to see you again, essentially. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, and then Matthew, I mean, he insults him right there, you know, even though this guy's been taking care of him the whole time, it's just great. Yeah. And, um, yep. So he walks out of that office with, with not even a penny and goes to his butler and his butler was great. <laughs> he does seem fond of him. Yeah. Yeah. He He's does. He's very realistic. Yep. Yep. I liked him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who played him. Was that Jack Weston? No. No, no. Uh, Jack Weston was the lot. Right. His, uh, I think he was the um, relations slash lawyer for Elaine May, for Henrietta. Mm-hmm. Right. All these people would show up, and this is when I realized how much these minor actors, they were real well-known, Doris Roberts, Jack Weston, all these people, and I'd go, oh! Oh, it's Doris Roberts. Oh, because they were in everything. They were in all the TV shows. They were in all the movies in small parts. And um, and this is from 1971. So um, it's you have to have watched a lot of that and been kind of immersed in it, I think. Everybody, all these people, and most of them, though, are either also rich nitwits. Like there's one guy that every time he runs into him, he's talking about how He's got these trees that he can't keep alive. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. He's very much like Henry, and Henry wants, you know, has his car that won't work. But neither of them cares about each other at all. Right. Um, it, you know, so that was just showing the society that they were in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, so the, the butler in him, and I thought it was interesting, so the butler is like, okay, well, I'm not going to get paid. <laughs> but they're, yeah. you know, um, as they're trying to figure out what to do, he says, well, you could marry somebody. And um, that became the idea. Is like, okay, I'm going to find somebody to marry, and then everything will be fine. Somebody rich. I need to find right. someone rich to marry. And the butler says, oh, well, I'm, I'm terribly sorry to hear that, sir, and I've got to give my two weeks notice now. <laughs> Because no one can afford to keep themselves the way you do. You keep yourself in the style that went out of style generations ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. I, it's been a privilege to serve someone with your standards, but <laughs> I have to think of myself here. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, wow! But yeah, yep. right. So so good. 
Um, but anyway, then that becomes a plan. He goes to his uncle and he asks his uncle for $50,000 and it becomes kind of a bet. It's basically, mm-hmm. you have six weeks to pay this money back. And not only that, but you're going to have to pay 10 times the, the money back, which is everything that you own. Basically, I get everything if you don't get married. Right. And uh, that becomes which a challenge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because he'll kill himself. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, exactly. Which is part of the darkness of it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's this thing under the comedy, right? Right. Because at one point he's going everywhere just saying goodbye to all his favorite places and everybody's showing up going, your usual table, your usual menu, your usual, <laughs> you know, he's living yeah. the high life. Right. And that's kind of how we see it. Yeah, and then he's got about a week left, and that's when he meets Hen- Henrietta. And and interesting about that meeting is she spills on the carpet. And, oh, right. You know, and then now he's defending her spilling on the carpet and, and telling the owner of the carpet how stupid she is for caring about the carpet. <laughs> and he that's says, right. just go get this thing washed and uh, send me the bill, you know, and then he... He takes Henrietta out and, and drives her home, and um, but you know, completely enact, completely, yeah, completely enact, yeah. The car breaks down, of course, but completely enact because later on at their wedding, he's just losing it <laughs> with uh, some somebody's daughter, niece, or something. It's, just yeah, she's gonna be like the flower girl. Oh or my something. gosh, yeah, and, uh, right. But and she's, she's touching stuff, and that's when he says. I would rather own everything by myself. You know, that's that's what he wanted more than anything. Yeah, get that young female to stop touching things. She's touching things again. Well, and the way, I mean, this whole thing, uh, we could go through the entire movie, but um, this whole thing is just larded with funny moments like that because there are also the um, the whole thing where her, Elaine May, Henrietta's lawyer, proves that he's got no money and he's only marrying her to uh, restore his fortune. And she says, oh, well, then let me settle a lot of money on him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, that's not how you do it. She goes, oh, yeah, then he'll have his own money and everyone will know I didn't do it <laughs> for, for yeah, the money. that was amazing. I mean, that's exactly opposite, but her cockeyed logic, it works. Yeah. You know? Right, and right. And so she... She has complete trust in his love. And the thing that's funny is she has her own goals and she wants to find um, a plant and have it named after her mm-hmm. because the discoverer will do that. They get it named after them. And um, it's, and he says, oh, it's a kind of immortality. And she says, does that seem presumptuous to desire immortality? And Henry says, not to me. If you can't be immortal, why bother? (laughs) And um, Mm. this time through, thinking about that, I was like, I guess that's how a lot of people might look at Christians, thinking, oh, you think you're so special, you get to live forever. Your God is going to do this for you. You made up this thing. And I'm like, but I'm kind of like Henry. Mm. That's that's kind of what I think leads to a lot of malaise these days is um, people yeah. not thinking that there's a higher anything to try for an immortality. Why not try to be immortal? But not in the way people try because people are trying to be immortal the wrong way. Transhumanism, staying alive forever. No, you yeah. have to work with God. He will do it for you if you cooperate with his graces. Mm. You know? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's neat. Um, yeah, I hadn't really thought of it that way. Yeah, um, it, as, as it relates to this movie, that is. Um, no, no, I just yeah. was. Yeah. Um, because there's the personal redemption for him at the end through their love and their relationship for each other. And love is, that's another thing that you look at and you just go, Okay, this marriage is something to talk about. <laughs> but thinking about the immortality thing is he's so arrogant. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, of course I deserve immortality. And he says it as if it's so easy. And Henrietta then starts becoming more confident that she can realize her great hope, which might also be her dream. Yeah. And of course, at the end, she has that, which is that Henry is married to her. And unbeknownst to her, he's come to love her. 
Right. She thought she trusted it in that from the beginning, but, and then Henry has a change of heart because Henrietta has helped him to see his new life as more than a burden. Yeah, she gives yeah. up her scientific immortality to give it to him. That's how much she loves him. He's never had anyone give him anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he sees you the can't burden. buy. Right. Right. You can't yeah. buy it. And mm-hmm. also, even though it's annoying as can be, she's continually trying to want to make him more of her life. He's yeah, and he. And I feel like you know that moment when you know she's floating down the river, <laughs> and he turns yeah. around and he's walking away. And that's when oh, he no. realizes that they're like a set. It's you know, when he it, sees the fern. Right, he sees the fern, and and he's like turns to talk to her. Right, he's mm-hmm. like, check out this fern. Oh my gosh! And then he's <laughs> missing the uh, he's missing his necklace that she gave him, and right. um. It's like suddenly realizing that he needs her, right? Yeah. It's it's they're they're like together. It's like life without her is not good. Life without her is something that maybe not worth it. You know, it's that moment of clarity. He needs someone else, right? He needs someone outside of himself. She's the only one who can appreciate that fern he finds. He needs that shared experience. For his own pleasure to be complete. Right, right. And that's when he realizes, as you're saying, he needs her. She he is more of a part of him than just the money or someone to take care of, which also in its way, I think, even though it's just used for funniness, the mm. fact that he's become competent at the household, the the butler has pointed out, you know, because the butler knows this theme of murder is in his mind, and he's continually, when it comes up, he's continually trying to go, but don't you think, sir, this was a good thing. You've learned how to become competent running the household. This is something you're so good at. But also, of course, what he's doing is he's taking care of Henrietta, and you can't take care of someone like that. You're either going to love him or hate him, Yeah. depending on your attitude. And, and his taking care of her is so minuscule. It's mm-hmm. not burdensome in the way that would make him hate her and so it's almost like having a puppy at that point you learn to love it yeah and i just i just loved how natural it was and they did it over and over and over uh, from the moment they really met all the way to the end of the movie there were just little things that he would do like wipe something off her or something (laughs) like that but it was just like he he cared about her. He cared about her, and even though he was doing it in a in a fashion that looked like he didn't care, I mean the fact that he was doing it was because he cared, and then it was natural. Like while they were having a conversation, he would just do something, you know, yeah. like you reach over and straighten something. Yeah, or... exactly. And then um, there was a scene when they were camping um, near the end. There, <laughs> he's got a mosquito bite on the nose or whatever and she just mm-hmm. reaches over to to move the towel on his head and then mm-hmm. he elaborately starts to wash her off because she's sticky she's covered with honey right and it was just right. hilarious but it was like natural it was like this is what i do now this is this is what i do yeah. this is my purpose is and this I, other person, you know? Yeah, and I enjoyed seeing that trip because Henrietta is also competent on that trip. Yes. She's yeah. not she's still covered with honey, uh-huh. but she's the one who can cook. She's the one who's not covered with the mosquito bites. Mm-hmm. She's you know, she's terrible at oh, that sounds like a waterfall in there. Just <laughs> you just tell me what to do, dear. It's <laughs> <was> like what? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's super interesting that you say that because, you know, with the mosquito bite, she says, you got to put this stuff on. And he's like, no, you don't do that. It's not working. It's attracting them. And then she says, if you don't scratch it, it they're less itchy. And he says, that's only because of blah, blah, blah. You know, and she's sitting there yeah. perfectly comfortable. And he is completely uh, as uncomfortable as you can be, but he won't listen to her. Yeah. Yeah. And so all those things we see are the small ways we see that they've injected each other with not only caring, but confidence. Yeah. You know, she wouldn't have discovered her fern without going on that honeymoon. And I mean, to me, one of my favorite moments is watching her behind him dangling from a rope 
almost falling over the edge while she's getting this fern. And he's sitting there with his back to her reading the, I think, toxicology <laughs> book about plant poisons. Oh, that's the best. Looking for yeah. ways to kill her. And if he'd have paid two seconds worth of attention, mm-hmm. he could have untied the rope and she would have been gone. <laughs> and it would have been honest. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, she was doing that on her own. and But he is so selfish that it ruins any plans like that. Yeah, yeah. And then at the very, very end, when he... He finally listens to her, and it, and it sounds to me like he's going to go teach history. Yes. <laughs> you know, so he's just like, okay, yeah, I think I will listen to you now. Um, but yeah, I, I thought you, that was neat. Um, would you mind it, Henry? What? Yeah, and he knows she doesn't even have to bring up again what it is. He yeah, says, yeah. teaching, eating lunch together, grading term papers together. Oh, I don't think mm-hmm. I'll mind it. Yeah. 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 He he's kind of gone, okay, I've changed some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. it's the new leaf. A new leaf go. works in several ways, of course, <laughs> where Fern mm-hmm. has changed apart. They both turned over a new leaf and how they live. Yeah. Yeah. She just fell into it easily. That's right. And I like the fact that, um, again, and I'm thinking of Lent here, but just regular life, of course, is how this really happens, is we get tricked into changing. Hmm. Um, Henry is, this almost Old Testament style in, in a sense, you know, God's like, no, if you did this, you'd be better off. If you did this, if you did this, and nobody's listening. The Hebrew people are just off doing their own thing, or the Israelites, or whatever they're called at that point, and He's like, well, all right, I can't stop it. Here come the Babylonians or whoever it is who, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, they get taken off to Babylon. And this is going to happen. But while they're there suffering, he's there using um, his absence from their absence from the temple to say, but see, I'm still with you. Mm. Very they good. change mm-hmm. how they think about God and they change how they think about themselves because they're reaping the sorrows that they sowed uh-huh. the hardship that they sowed but it's what god uses to fix them in right, a way right. so if henry hadn't been given access to all henrietta's money he wouldn't have cared about what the servants did and also he had his own natural desire for everyone to be super competent in what they did mm. and they were not so he had that double thing his own nature and the fact that he wants all that money for himself and he wants a competent staff. And that's when he discovers his own, the fact that he can be competent and do right. books and yeah. manage things. That's what he's good at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And she needed that. You know, again, that's oh, part yeah. of part of how he completes what she needs. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, super good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that, you know, the scene where he fired everybody, too. That was good stuff. <laughs> 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 that was really good. And sometimes you get your head in the armhole, and you just need assistance. <laughs> sometimes you don't even know what it means when you get your head in the armhole. No, it just goes like this. It's a Greek down. No, no, that's not how it goes. <laughs> oh, man. Too good. Oh too, too funny. Well, yeah. And, you know, um, I just wonder, have you really ever tasted Moke and David extra heavy Malaga wine with soda water and lime juice? I have not. It sounded like a wine cooler to me. (laughs) Yes, but with like a super syrupy grape juice in it. Oh, wow. The extra heavy part, you Uh know. So it would be really sweet because she'd never had a cocktail before. Uh Well, one of my students introduced me to it when we were, you know, out in the wilderness. And he's got only the finest palate, and he is drinking this stuff, and it's getting spilled <laughs> on his carpet. And he's at the same time as he's proposing, he's having to wipe the great sticky grape juice type stuff off from around her mouth. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, Elaine May was so good at that really awkward physical comedy mm-hmm. without doing pratfalls or anything. She just would have grape juice around her mouth, her glasses would fall off, and she'd catch them. She caught them every time because she it happened so much. Mm, she's got um, she was good at it, She was always gloves and a hat, <laughs> and, you know, mm-hmm. food was going everywhere. Oh, wow. Yeah. Too good. I thought she was terrific. Um, yeah, she almost uh, faded into the background, you know. It, it, you know, 
after the whole movie, it's like, can you pick her out of a lineup? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not sure yeah. I could because she's, she's, you know, got hair down to her eyes and she's got glasses mm-hmm. on and stuff. And she's, the way she holds her head is kind of pointed down and, um, she's just not front and center. It's, you and know, you can see no one's really ever cared about her or seen her. I mean, mm-hmm. in the, in the sense of seeing who she is. Yeah. I mean, her cousin who professes love and is swindling her, um, her servants who act like they like her, but they're all swindling her. And so yeah. much so that they're quite brazen when he shows up of like, welcome to the gang. Right. right. We're all, we're all <laughs> here. Yeah. We're Which, all, yeah. There's plenty of room mm-hmm. for you in here. And then he's like cleans house. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, that lawyer of hers, did you say he's a cousin? He was a cousin I too? Thought somebody, he, is he the one who? Who proposed to her? Yeah, yeah. You know, so he was I a lawyer. He was and a cousin, but maybe he could he have wasn't. been. He could have been. But um, but I thought that that was really an interesting dynamic too, because basically he's been taking advantage of her the whole time. We don't know that when we first meet him. Mm-hmm. We we kind of know that he loves her, but we're not sure about him. And then it mm-hmm. turns out he's just after her money too. But then. Um, when that scene where he's like, aha, I know that he borrowed $50,000 from his uncle and uh, he has to get married. And then she turns, like you said, turns on him and says, okay, well, the solution to this is to give him uh, access to all my accounts and pay that $50,000 immediately. And it, it's like he he trained her for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? By everything oh, that he did, point. he brought her to that spot. And her reaction to that was because of what he's been doing to her the whole time. Yeah. And I I thought that was a pretty intricate little cool thing that they did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also what you just made me think of is the, he proposes to her, the lawyer. Yeah. uh, Proposes Mm -hmm. to her and says, I've asked you time after time and you never say yes. And she in that point, you see she is gentle and put upon, but she also knows what she wants and she doesn't want him. Mm. She, he's just, and it's not that I don't like you. It's just, he doesn't have what she wants in a husband. Whereas Henry, from the first time she saw him, she wanted him. Who would want this guy? No one. <laughs> Only yeah. somebody like this. You know, this is this mismatched thing where you go, how did these two people meet? You meet them later and you're just like, what is going on with these people? Yeah. How can they even be happy? That is really interesting. You know, why is that? Why would she not have said yes to the lawyer? Mm-hmm. I just find that really interesting now because you're right. She meets Henry and she's like, yes, but this guy that's been trying to get her to marry him for a long time, she's like, no. And that's against her character in a way. Um, I wonder... Well, yeah, she doesn't have a why. reason to disbelieve the lawyer, but you wonder, now that I'm thinking about it, you wonder if it's because Henry actively defended her in front of a group of and people. And she did say that that was the moment. She didn't seem to want anything from yeah. it. She did say that was the moment when he defended her and poured the drink out on the carpet mm-hmm. and said, she's worth more than the carpet. Where he said, yeah, she's worth more than the carpet, and if... If that person couldn't see it, they needed to get um, counseling for their uh, neurotic carpet obsession. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it was just right. some of the language is just so funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, and um, the other thing we see, and there's no way that um, Henrietta would ever have known this, but because Henry's doing this for a goal, just like the other people who are manipulating her, but when he drinks that, Mogan da- when he <laughs> makes the mm-hmm. Mogan David extra heavy Malaga wine with soda water and lime juice cooler, <laughs> he's drinking it, man. Uh-huh. And he kneels on broken glass <laughs> in order to propose to her. Mm-hmm. He is putting himself through a little gauntlet there. Now, he's hoping to take everything she has, but mm-hmm. it's the first time he's ever done anything that he doesn't want to do and thought about what somebody else would want. Yes. He's not doing it for the right reason, mm-hmm. but he knows what it takes to make somebody pay attention. What that that butler listening to him try to propose is one of the funniest <laughs> things in the movie behind the door. Yes. Oh, too good. 
<laughs> and then later when he's getting the glass taken out of his knees, it's, oh, you should have heard me. I was brilliant. <laughs> and he's all, yes, sir. I, I said can all imagine. the right words. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. Oh, my gosh. And it was one of the most awkward, painful things you've ever heard. <clears throat> oh, you know? Yeah. Um, because he is so self-centered, and she is, of course, oblivious. She's just waiting to say yes, and that helps. But um, oh, too good. it also made me think of relationships that I've had that have changed from disinterest or dislike to friendship or mm. love, and not not really. It's not really happened to me with love. I mean, I met my husband, and within two weeks. We were both, that deal was sealed. Mm, we just were nice. naturally yeah. attracted. Mm -hmm. But um, I've had plenty of friendships that are now pretty good friendships where I started off, um, eh, you know, you're all right. <laughs> I don't need to ever spend a lot of time with you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But over time and exposure and all the things that you do, you grow to really be fond of somebody. Yeah, for sure. Yes, happens a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. For certain. Yep. <laughs> and it, yeah. I think it's that way, too, with, you know, um, and of course I think of arranged marriages considering the number of Indian movies I watch. Um, but it used to be that way in our culture. Maybe not in America as much as, say, England or Europe, where a lot of our heritage would come from for this country culturally. But that idea of the arranged marriage of your parents might know more than you what would be good for you. Mm -hmm. And you'll read about that or even the thing where, you know, it's an arranged marriage because, you know, I'm a pioneer guy and my wife died and I got three kids and here's a spinster back east who needs a life. Mm -hmm. And you can become good friends and maybe even love each other because right, you just right. have to give it time. Well, like... um Baj not Bajrangi Bajan, uh, Rob Nabana de Jodi, the one we watched about the couple where with the dance contest, mm -hmm. the Indian movie, yeah, Shah yeah. Khan. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> well, he's trying harder. But <laughs> <laughs> we should probably take a moment to, to note that Walter Matthau's abs are not quite as good. Oh. He's he's more slim than you imagine him, but yes. <laughs> Luckily, he's not appearing shirtless that I can remember. <laughs> no, he isn't. That's too fun. Uh, and no dancing really right. happens, unfortunately, um, at least the way I'm thinking. Oh, man. Oh, too good. I, I loved, um, you know, Henrietta so much, you know, like when, oh, when she says, uh, yeah, when he fired the whole household staff and she learns about it the next day as she's walking around the house with him. Meeting um, the new staff. Yeah, meeting the new staff. He, she says, so how did she put it? She was basically, were they okay with that? You know, What did that? He's like, oh, no, they're, I fired them. And he, she goes, and they agreed? And they agreed. That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and they agreed. And he says, uh. <laughs> well, that's, that's not how it works. Oh, my gosh. Too funny. Yeah. yeah but, I mean. Uh, I know people like that, you know, where it's just like, you know, uh, everybody's got to be uh, happy about everything all the time. Um, yeah. You know, so, but that's, that's how she was. <laughs> well, and she wasn't even doing it in terms of, um, in a propitiating way, just mm -hmm. a, I want everybody to be happy way. Right, right. And life goes along and I am perfectly happy. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I love it. Um, did you happen to look at the Wikipedia entry on this movie? This movie has a little oh, yeah. bit of an interesting history on it. I thought, I thought <laughs> it was, yeah. It. Yeah, what it says here that I thought that was most interesting is that um, it looks like she wanted to, it, she being Elaine May, um, she said the rough cut of the film was about an hour longer. Mm -hmm. And apparently in the story on which it was based, there were a couple of murders. Um, yeah. I, I was just wondering, do you know, did that, did this cut ever come out? Or did they ever no. actually try to do that? Or People still, Well, what happened is, is she had so many fights with the studio about it. And maybe you read this. Um, she wound up sleeping with the film under her bed. Mm. So they get it. And she was using it as a bargaining chip. 
And yeah, the original way that she had the story going was a subplot. And Henry was discovering that Henrietta was being blackmailed by her lawyer and somebody else. And he poisons him. Oh, interesting. And um, so Henry's acceptance of his life with Henrietta is his sentence in the end of the movie. And the studio was like, oh, no, we can't have the hero being a murderer. This isn't going to happen. And so they cut that entire subplot out. And what that did, I thought, was it allowed Henry to have his own form of redemption and personal growth that you could see he would become a better person and fond husband as we've been talking about yeah, yeah. the whole time. Fascinating. Um, and Malter Mathau liked this version better than the original. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, um, it's something. Mm-hmm. Other people have said they wish they could see the other cut. And I'm like, I don't need the other cut. Yeah. I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like a writer, director, whoever is always the best judge of exactly how something needs to be presented. And of course, sometimes they are, it just, each case is different where the studio would cut something and, you know, something else should have been left in. Yeah. And the, well, the but result case, of the result of, as it was, you know, uh, well, Roger Ebert gave it four out of four stars. Mm-hmm. He loved it, you know? And, uh, I noticed, um, according to the Wikipedia entry again, it, that it made a lot of lists of best of 1971 movies. Yeah, it's funny. It wasn't a box office hit, so it was kind of hitting people, I guess, the way that you experienced your first time through it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah. But it's a cult classic now, oh, and, and it's, it's hard to find, and a lot of people have never heard of it. cult classic so. for me, for sure. Oh, good. <laughs> and, and another thing I saw in that thing was uh, Paramount wanted Carol Channing to play the part of Henrietta, and what a disaster that would have been. Oh. Um, and, and I love yeah. that uh, May said... It was the man's movie, you know, it was the, the Henry's mm-hmm. movie, and the woman had to be someone who disappeared, which is exactly how she did it. That's um, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, but that it just says that in, in there. Mm-hmm. But it, it would have been completely different, and I don't think it would have worked. You, you couldn't, you can't oh, yeah. have um, Henrietta being a uh, bigger-than-life person. You know, yeah, and Car- that was Carol Channing. I right. mean, she just yeah. had much personality. You're right. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So they said, okay, Elaine May, you can play Henrietta, and we won't give you any extra money. <laughs> that's what it says here. So, well, that's okay because it looks like she was given a $1.8 million budget and she spent $4 million. Oh my gosh, wow. And this is her. This was her first movie to direct. And I think she did Ishtar, didn't she? Uh, yeah, I, I noticed for, that in, on IMDb that yeah. Ishtar was on her list. and Also famous for being over budget and right. too long and fighting with the studio. And mm-hmm. I think that was, they said she didn't do tons of movies, but that was her pattern. Uh-huh. So this was kind of the beginning of that pattern, but, um, yeah, yeah, interesting this stuff. This is a great movie. So it's funny; mm-hmm. it made five million dollars. So um, the money that they spent on it, the one point eight million, would have been about thirteen million today. The four mm. million final would have been about twenty six million. So that's still not. It's enough for a small little funny movie. Yeah, yeah. And it made 5 million at the box office. So, which is 32 million today. So usually they say you want to double or triple your money back in order to make a profit. Hmm. I think if you double it, you make your money back because of the marketing. I see. Isn't, marketing mm-hmm. money isn't included in the budget costs uh-huh. that they report. And then, and they often will spend as much as the movie yeah. to, for marketing. Hmm. But, Ishtar. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I remember I did see that movie, um, but I don't recall it. So <laughs> that says something because yeah. it had wasn't that Warren Beatty and yeah Warren Beatty Dustin and Dustin Hoffman. Hoffman. Warren Beatty and is one Beatty, of those guys. Yeah, I don't know if you know actors that um, you're just like I wonder why they're so popular. Um, in my head, Warren Beatty is one of those. Um, it's just somebody. I guess he just doesn't ever click with me. I like Warren Beatty. Okay. Uh-huh. I mean, the first movie I think of, and this shouldn't be the case, I know. Well, for a while, I know he was, you know, the good looking playboy type guy because he was in Shampoo, uh-huh. um, which was about a guy who owned a salon and all the women who go in to see him. 
But um, I was thinking of uh, Bullsworth. Is that the name of it? Bullworth, yeah. Bullworth, mm-hmm. which I thought he did a really good job in. Nice. Let's see. I never saw. I don't think saw, I've seen that. Uh, I'm looking at that right now. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, it's about a politician who kind of has a a crisis of realizing what's really happening in politics, and then he can't sleep. Hmm. And so while he can't sleep, he winds up on this kind of surreal journey through whatever city and uh, accompanied by Halle Berry. Hmm. So interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a satire that came out at about the same time as Wag the Dog. Okay. I, did you see that? Yeah, Wag the Dog I saw. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And they were both kind of saying the same thing, just using real different ways to do it. Uh-huh. Um, and we saw both of them, which is why they both come to mind. But yeah, most of his stuff I've never seen. I, hmm. I'm i not going to be somebody who's going to watch Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. Didn't care about shampoo. Didn't care about most, you know, just none of his movies really appealed to me. Dick Tracy, Reds. Oh, heaven can wait. It's not that he was totally necessary over someone else, but that was charming. (laughs) Uh Yeah, I do remember that one. Um, And uh, back to Elaine May, um, you were telling me that she was connected with Mike Nichols, right? Nichols and May or something like that? And that sounds pretty cool. Right, it was Nichols and May, and Mm -hmm. they were an improv comedy team and they were so popular and it was, this was in the 1950s. And so they were on the radio a lot, Mm. but also talk shows, big shows. And they, after four years decided we're done now. And they kind of quit at the height of their Zenith. Mm, Very good. And so they went out way on top. And then of course, (laughs) Mike Nichols, it was a surprise to me to find this connection because Mike Nichols, I thought, the graduate Mike Nichols. He was an improv comedy guy. (laughs) And, um, but of course uh, I'm looking now and they met, he and Elaine may met in a group that was the predecessor to the second city. Mm. So they kind of had a background in that, but yeah, he directed, he was afraid of Virginia Woolf and Silkwood and catch 22 and working girl and Charlie Wilson's war. And uh-huh. I mean, it's a funny thing when you think about it, he's got a really diverse set of movies and he did a lot of directing between those times of Broadway plays for Neil Simon regarding Henry. That's one of my favorites. Mm, yeah. Very um, good. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Yep. Sure have. Mm-hmm. And we didn't talk about that, did we? Nope. Don't believe so. It's on my list. So. Very good. Uh, Primary mm-hmm. Colors, which is amazing. amazing. I haven't seen that one. That's a good show, huh? Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. We should mm-hmm. actually watch it sometime. Okay. It's heavily based around um, a political couple mm-hmm. on the road for the presidential campaign. And it, it's no secret. It's based on Bill and Hillary Clinton. Right. Yeah, and, I do remember uh, the book uh, when it came yeah. out. Yeah. Right. And nobody knew and, who wrote it at the time anyway. I think they yes. might now. I don't know. Well, and yeah. it's funny because it's so well done that what it does is, yes, this is this couple. And I've shown it to different movie groups who one person came in and she was very liberal, very Democrat. She's like, I was so mad watching this movie until halfway through. I suddenly realized this is about every politician. I went, <laughs> bingo. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's about these people, but it's about every politician. Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. are the trade offs you make? Yeah, yeah. So, cool. um, yeah. Anyway, so he, he just did tons of stuff. And then Elaine May would do screenwriting, and she's uncredited for some things and credited for others. Very for nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she would work with him occasionally on that kind of thing. Very good. Yeah. Yep. And it looks like um, she's still with us in she's 1932. 88. Yep. 88. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah. Great. So she mm-hmm. wrote uh, Primary Colors and Heaven Can Wait. Very nice. Yeah. Well, now I need yeah. to rewatch Heaven Can Wait. Even with That's Warren Beatty in it. Oh. <laughs> I don't. I kind of adorable. I don't. <laughs> We're supposed to love him. Uh, he's a good guy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And Buck Henry's in it, I think. Uh-huh. I don't know if you know Buck Henry. He's one of those guys that I always know from that time period. Well, we're we're really straying from what we're talking about here. <laughs> That's all Henry good. Lane. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, I like it though. That's great. But yeah, and so Walter Matthau, of course, had a very uh, celebrated career. And yeah. it's funny he didn't start off in comedy. 
he started off doing a lot of drama. Mm. And um, then he was in things like The Odd Couple. Yes. Where, you know, he mm. long-time partnership with Jack Lemmon. And they also were lifelong friends, by the way. Yeah, that's good. Uh, which was really great. But uh-huh. he, so then he started being cast in a lot of comedy movies, which is what I always think of him as. Me too. Me too, for comedic. sure. Yeah. And, and also there's, the there's a lot of Walter Matthau I have not seen as I look through this list. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Looks like something I can start to work through a little bit. All right. Um, I'm looking yeah, forward the, to The Odd Couple is one I've seen uh, fairly recently. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. It is really good. Mm-hmm. And um, this movie, in that sense, is the same thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. But just with a different motivation. <laughs> Very different people. Very good. Uh, Billy Wilder directed the front page. There's one. Jack mm-hmm. Lemmon and Walter Matthau on the front page. I have not seen that, and that's going to... I'll watch that soon. <laughs> there you go. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, okay. Well, what's up next for us? Mm-hmm. Oh, Old Testament. <clears throat> oh. The Book of Tobit. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I like it. That's great. Me too. Me too. We're very much looking forward. So... Yeah, that's well, one a lot of people haven't read. So this is your chance. Yep. It's not that chance. long. <laughs> it's very entertaining. Yeah, for sure. For also sure. Also deep messages, of course, <laughs> Old Testament. Love it. Love it. Yeah. All right. And I guess if you're Protestant, you'd find it in the Apocrypha, maybe. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Very good. We kept it. We kept it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're the keepers of the things. We keep the stuff. <laughs> In this case. (laughs) (laughs) For sure, for sure. All right. Oh, goodness. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And thank you for this movie, Julie. Uh, Enjoyed it. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, it's a favorite. Definitely something I will watch again. Oh, good. I'm glad. Very good. Okay. All right. Well, take care, all, and uh, talk to you soon. Talk to you in a couple weeks. (laughs) Bye. Bye bye. Thank you.